values a positive, can-do, team-orientated attitude. Creative solutions characterize our ethos and express our commitment to carry the gospel in all situations. We are confident in our calling, finding new ways to release the, to release the vision we carry. <laughs> Sounds good, doesn't it? What does that stuff mean? Well, the words we've looked at, our vision words, our, our value words that we've, we've been looking at the, these last seven sessions that I've spoken at, we've looked at words like generous, honouring, passionate, united, empowering, and finally today we're looking at creative. We're going to be creative. And um, I want to tell you what creative is not. This is not creative. The Bible is 100% accurate, especially when thrown at close range. That's not creative. That is, that is not the creative way of carrying the gospel. Tweet others as you want others to tweet. Actually, I quite like that one. That's like a nice play on words, that one. I quite like There's only this one. I'm, I, there were dozens. And I've got about 25 slides. I'm restricting myself to these, this one picture. Um, what I want to say to you, creative is not just being clever. So we're not going to be talking about just being clever today or some sort of sales pitch. We want to be creative in God because that matters more. Creativity involves us breaking out of tradition so that we can see things in a different way. We have to let go of our backstory. Last week we were talking about letting go. We've got to let go of our backstory to embrace our new story in God. I've got something here I'm just going to grab. Because um, I got a letter a couple of days ago about backstories, and it's from Hoopers. Does anybody know who Hoopers are? Anybody watch a programme on TV called Air Hunters? I got a letter from Hoopers from the Air Hunters company. You know where they tracked down missing millions from relatives that didn't know that, that you didn't know you got? I got a letter from Hoopers. It's all right, I'm not really there. There are about 85 relatives we didn't know we'd got. And we're all going to share, we're all going to share about 50 quid between us. So I'll, I'll probably end up paying hoopers. But what I did is, dear Mr. Bedford, under the terms of the agreement signed by you on the 27th of March 2019, we confirm that the estate, of the que- uh, the, the estate in question is that of Linda Jane Kenyon, who sadly passed away on uh, 12th of November 2017 in Test We enclose information showing your connection to the deceased. No details are shown of any other beneficiaries. The estate has been administered, blah, 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 and will be in touch. And I got looking at this, and here's, here's a, a family tree on my dad's side. People, this, I mean, just a little micro one, just give me a flavour of the connection. And I got, this is part of my backstory, I'm really into this stuff, you know what I'm like with history and stuff. Backstories really matter. But it was also a massive lesson to me about how we've got to be looking forward and connecting because what I discovered was my grandfather had a sister who got married and had a daughter. And this daughter is the lady that died. Now, I never met my grandfather's sister who didn't pass away until 1986. I didn't even know she existed. And the saddest thing is her daughter, who passed away last year, because she wasn't connected into a family now, she passed away without any known living relatives. She lived about 200 yards away from my cousin. How sad is that? Her backstory dictated that there was nobody. There was no one. There were no family. She got caught up in that. That's what life had done. Family trees showing a pattern of life and history. 
And that is part of my backstory. But what I'm more excited about this morning is the fact that we have a future story. We're making new history. And actually, this morning, what I want us to do is to realize we can change our backstory. Our backstory shifts. We can renew it. We, we talk about, and I've seen this quoted a lot, and in a sense it's true. We can't change our history, but in Christ we can change our future. Well, I want to tell you today, we connect into a new history. We have a new backstory as well in Christ and his people. So I, I want to explore that and discover that it doesn't have to be empty. That's, you've gone really quiet and sad. That was a really sad story, wasn't it? That You've all gone really quiet now. Ooh. I've done that because I want to say to us, we become part of something new. We don't just end not connected. We live connected. We live belonging. Let's just have a look at these scriptures. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. See, the idea of creativity does not have to mean nice flowers and expressive expressive dance in church. That is not creative. Is anybody into expressive dance? Would you like to do some expressive dance to, like, mime out my sermon? Too embarrassed. Okay, you're going to say, you do that at home, don't you, in front of the mirror. You put my sermons on and you express my, absolutely, through the medium of expressive dance. Creative, Creative doesn't conform, it is new. And so different to what is or what was. Creativity is about bringing a new dynamic and life to our gathered church as we build it up. And we want there to be freshness, don't we? We want there to be new life about this place. I believe the church can continue to grow in every aspect. And I I, want to say, I want to state before God and before you that, that we can reject the inevitable stagnation decline as generations move on and new leaders come through that, well, it'll not be the same as it used to be. You know, that I want to reject the inevitable negativity of that, and say, no, it won't be the same as it used to be, because creatively, it will be renewed. It will be fresh life. You see, there's a backstory we want to end, because there's a new story we want to connect with. I believe one very important fact, creativity is not a program, it's a way of our living. It's a way of thinking, it's one of our values. Creativity will help us reimagine every aspect of life and maintains our momentum as church. And it's very much connected with the heart of God. It says in scripture, see I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. Do you not perceive it? I am making the way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. That's the heart of God. That's a prophetic word from so, so long ago. But it's still a truth today. See I'm doing a new thing. Now, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? You know. That perception word is so important in our activity. What are we seeing? What are we engaging with? Where is our heart pointed? What, what are we actually perceiving? And it's about the story that we're connecting to. Oh, you know, we, we've got to be a creative church. Create, creativity takes us further than our backstory. The act of creating reminds us of what we, that we are a created being, but that we are created in the image of our creative God. You know, he's breathing new, so we need to be new breathing people. We need to be people that are constantly looking forward and saying, today is a new day. We don't live in the history. This is not an abstract idea. It's about real people connected to real God in real life. And, and I think this, this, this creative Holy Spirit 
um, move of God, which I'm going to explain after this short intro, is it's relevant whether we're renovating a building, finding a solution to our administrative problems, finding new worship songs to use, finding new ways to love and serve our, our wider community, whether it's about great visuals or not great visuals, whether it's about great sound or the best coffee that can be served, or carrying the good news of Jesus into our community, to our family and friends. Having the creative heart of God is essential because there's a newness and a freshness that needs to break through that. Creative thinking should be joyful and it should be unifying. It's always interesting to me that creative people are scared. Does anybody know any creative people? Put your hand up if you know a creative person. Put your hand up if you think creative people can be slightly scary at times. I mean, not only are they slightly scary, I mean, there's a bit of me thinks they're often slightly semi-unhinged. Like, well, only semi. In some cases, there are no hinges attached. But I love that creative people, irrespective of what's going on with the rest of their character or experience, when they get into the creative bubble, when they begin to see what could be, they are so exciting to be around. And, you know, that's a moment when they're expressing, I think, the heart of God. That's a moment when they're capturing one of the, the characteristics of Christ where there is something about that imagining and seeing and what can be. You know, when Jesus says, I will build my church, you can hear his voice saying it, and then he, you can see it in his eyes, and in his mind, he sees it done. He knows it completed. When he sees his church, you know, that's one of the amazing things about us. You know, we worry about, we come before God, and am I worthy? And we're all crushed and broken before God, and oh, I'm not worthy to pray. But you've got to understand, with the love of Christ, when he sees you, he doesn't see the naughty boy that comes to him. He sees the finished. Thing. He, he sees you as you are, he sees you as each other, and that is an amazing, creative, forgiving, releasing opportunity for us. And we need to get hold of that. In Christ, our mission of carrying that truth, that identity, and that belonging that we find in Him, in Christ, our mission remains, but the method can change. We said that this last week the method can change. We can be creative. It's new and it's fresh. It's springing up a path we haven't trodden before. A brand new adventure in God. Then we're alive in real life. See, I I kind of love tradition and I'm aware that I would find it terribly easy to get trapped in tradition. But then if I do get trapped in tradition, I find that very rapidly I can't breathe. I need need new. I need new experiences. I need new things. I need space. We've got to find that. Let's have a look at these verses in, in Acts. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Those verses breathe the creative presence of God through the Holy Spirit into our church life setting and beyond. You know, prophecy is speaking out that spring. It's speaking out that well. It's speaking out that newness and that freshness and that growth. That's what the prophetic word is. It's proclaiming the heart of God into a situation. It's proclaiming that life of God into a situation. And that's... that's the Holy Spirit freshness and new creativity that God places within us through his Holy Spirit. So you want to say to me, why do we need this Holy Spirit? If nothing else, we need this Holy Spirit so that we can, we can dream the dreams. 
So, you know, catch, catch the heart of those things. Dreaming the dream. It's about seeing the new. Having the vision, it's about seeing the new. Prophecy is about proclaiming the new. It's about breaking into those things. The church doesn't have a mission. It's on a mission. And people are that mission. Because that is the passion of Christ. It's people that he builds. And if you are building something, you are adding new to it all the time. It is a growing thing. It's alive. You know, one of the most exciting things about having a child, well, you know, we've got a brand new tiny, tiny, tiny baby that's far tinier than, like, is, it nearly the, is he nearly the right size now? No. So he's still small, he's still too, too small to be born. But every day he's new, isn't he? Because every day he's, sorry? He's due on Wednesday. Okay, so he doesn't exist until Wednesday. So the baby is due almost due. Is how many weeks old now? Six weeks old and he's due on Wednesday. So every day, it becomes a little bit newer. It grows a little bit more. It'll, it'll respond a little bit more. It'll, it'll eventually begin to crawl and gurgle and walk and eat solid food and talk and chase. And then it'll discover sin. Actually, it's probably discovering that already, crying at will. But it'll be new. And listen, the church is just the same. It is growing into something beautiful. And every day, it will be new. And of course, like the small child, it's incredibly vulnerable incredibly vulnerable and dependent on its parents church we've got to be dependent on our father god we are dependent on him we are so vulnerable without him our mission is not just to do things but to help us discover who we are in christ and help us live out the god called good works that displays character and our values it's effective creative mission compels us to grow physically, to grow emotionally, to grow intellectually, to grow spiritually, to step into a new story. Because when we say grow, that is a new thing. We don't repeat the old as we shrink. We want to break into the new as we grow. Because it's ordained by God. It's always a can-do Let's find a way of lifestyle because that's the nature of our Lord. It says in Matthew 26, Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. All things are possible. See, I get really frustrated when, you know, has anybody noticed we live in a shockingly negative world? Is it just my imagination? All my days, I can't even put a joke on Facebook. I have deleted three or four posts in the last week that were humorous. I mean, they were satirical, perhaps, but they weren't aimed at anybody or any political party. Uh, uh, They were just little comments, and people read politics into things about motorcycles, even. And I had to delete them because people got so wound up and so negative. I even had one post, churches like yours, a church leader like you... It's also interesting that I've been defriended by two people as well. And I don't quite know why. I think it's because I just put question mark next to one of theirs. I'm being good now on Facebook. If anybody's noticed, I've not been on very... I've been, I'm being good. I'm, I'm being well behaved. The Lord equips us with the means to not just survive, but thrive. And one of the reasons I've stopped going on Facebook quite so much and being quite so obstructless is that I want people to thrive around me. I want them to thrive. 
I want to live abundantly according to promises God's given us for our life. And church, I just want to challenge you this morning. In the midst of such a negative world, can we, can we have a voice that, that wants to thrive and be alive? I don't, want to, I don't want to sever my political thinking or my uh, morality or my ethics. I, I'm not talking about any of that. You know, whatever your politics are this morning, the Lord bless you and that you find the truth that is agreeing with me. And, but that's, that's kind of, you know what? We can still walk well before God. We can walk well before God and we can speak well of others. And we can, we can be a new voice in a very negative world. Isaiah 43, 19 that we read, it says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And that's so important because we're not in a divided world. It's the I am is so important. When Scripture says... When it records God as, as using this phrase, I am, you know, without going into too much technicality, I am is effectively the name of God. When he says, I am, that sets it. So when Jesus uses the phrase, I am, it's a phrase that the Jewish people were uncomfortable using because it was like putting yourself on parity with God because God says, I am. So when you read that phrase in the prophetic books of the Old Testament, I am, it's a powerful thing. It's God saying, do you perceive that I am doing this? God is doing this. This is God ordained. This is, this is important. Take notice. Our world is full of I want, I need, I can, I deserve, I know. But I can never have a healthy vision for I. I will always have limits and restrictions and weaknesses of human frailty. We can dream dreams and have a vision for I am, our God, our Saviour, our Redeemer, Lord. See, when I look at I, it will be frail. When I look at I am, God's promises, there is a certainty and a hope to be found there. And we need to hold that. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And you know that his good, pleasing, and perfect will will be created because he's doing a new thing. See, I am doing a new thing. So God wants to bring your mind into a new day. He wants to bring your experiences into a new day. He doesn't want you to leave you static in a setting, in a traditional place, stuck I am what I am. Please never use that phrase around me. I I can't begin to tell you how unbiblical it is. Accept me as I am. We do accept you as you are. Just like Christ accepts you as you are. He just doesn't want to leave you there. Because when Christ accepted me, he accepted a sinner. Messed up and broken. Thank the Lord he loved me enough not to leave me there. But he continues with me. So when you proclaim, I am what I am... It's like you're severing the roots of the freshness. You're severing the roots of the springs coming up. Don't cut them off. Don't be, I am, you know, I am where I am, but I'm not staying here. We're growing into something in God. And no matter what your backstory is, no matter what your history says over you, no matter what the world would say, your backstory dictates that you are this. You have a new backstory in Christ. Because there's a lineage and a history and a promise is made to God's people that you are adopted into. So you have a brand new backstory. You have a brand new family tree. You have a brand new history. So can the Lord change your history? Yeah, he categorically can for eternity. So you are not dictated to by your past. 
because we have such a creative God. He doesn't just speak into our now moment. He doesn't just speak into our future. He actually deals with our history. And he cuts off our sin and it's forgiven and it's forgotten. And he, 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 he grafts us into a new vine. He grafts us into a new family. And so we belong. We have a brand new history as well as a future. So do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Here's where we see the springing up of all that God is doing that's new, and it can be held within our new minds. You know, my mind needs renewing, because it so easily holds history. It so easily returns to what was. But God wants to take me to what can be, into a new creation life. Therefore, if anyone was in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here from 2 Corinthians. The old has gone. I just want to prophesy over you this morning, over ourselves, over this town. You know, in Christ, in your situation, the old has gone. The new has come. That, I think, is one of the hardest promises of God to take hold of. But it's a truth. It's more actually than just a promise of something yet to come. It's something that is now, that is tangible, that is real. That is as solid as this. It it exists. The old has gone, the new has come. Now the question is, do we perceive it? Do we perceive it? See, I'm doing a new thing. Do you perceive it? We've got to perceive it in order to receive it, to hold it. It's all too easy, even when you find Christ, to keep your eyes fixed on what was and not step into what is and what is to come. We live in our backstory or we live in his kingdom come. That is the choice. We live in a messed up backstory or we live in his kingdom come. So I look at the church and I know that traditionally there have been styles of church appealing to all types of people and ages and cultures and histories. I get that. You know... In this town, there are more styles of church you can shake a stick at. There's everything going off in this town, and we all dabble with each other's style and approaches across this nation. There are different styles of church, and there's, there's, there's traditional high church, and there's low church, and there's slack church, and there's hyper-organized church, and there's, there's African church, which is a misnomer because that's like saying there's only one Africa. There's like a thousand countries in Africa. It's like saying there's European church. That's a nonsense because there's a shed load of different churches across Europe. There's, every, there's youth church. There's old people church. There's church that's alive. There's church that's not. There's church that's filled with the Holy Spirit. There's churches where the name of the Holy Spirit will never even be used. But to some degree... They carry the name of Jesus Christ above them. They are his people. And the good news can be held. The DNA of God can be held within them. And the Lord wants to breathe life into it. Because it is precious to him. So we we just accept that we're all over the place. Do we try to find a style that all encompasses? I just want to make this statement to you. If this is work, is it? Oh, there we go. In the church, there is no style that will please everyone. But there is a Holy Spirit that can unite anyone. 
I know there are things that go off in this church because of our style that some people don't like. Some people didn't stay with us because it's not a style they wanted. Some people would like us to do some different things because there's a style that they would like. But here's the, here's the most important thing. I don't care about the style. We can start burning incense if, you'll, if we like, provided the Holy Spirit is present in this place and it's a uniting Holy Spirit. What is important is the presence of God. I don't, I don't mind whether people wave a flag, whether they do handstands and creative dance, well, as long as it's not too weird. Um, I, don't, you know, I, don't, I don't care what you wear when you come to church. As long as it's something, yeah. You're not going beyond the fig leaf. But what matters is there is the presence of the Holy Spirit, that God is present, that we have a heart for the new, for all that God has for us. You see, if I look at my iTunes, I'm going to get my iTunes out. Anybody else have iTunes on the phones? Well, obviously, those people that don't have iPhones don't have iTunes, so I'm sorry, you're just missing out again. Um, so I'm just going to go through, this is, this is my, uh, these are my artists on my phone. I'm just going to zip through a few of them. And, and obviously, you know, cheer if you like this particular Adele. Amy Wodge. Yeah, you know, we don't know what I'm talking about. Avril Lavigne, the band of Her Majesty's Royal Marines. They were playing Great Escape and it was Mirrington. Uh, the BBC Orchestra, The Beautiful South, Bethel Music, Beverly Craven, that's Julie's, Birdie, Blondie, Christina Perry, Coldplay, David Bowie, David Gray, Diana Ross. Dido, Dire Straits, Ed Sheeran, Elevation Worship, Amelia Sunday, Florence and the Machine, George Ezra, I could go on Hillsong, Howard Shaw, Jack Johnson, James Bay, James Blunt, slightly embarrassing, Jim Simon, Joni Mitchell, Leland, Melanie, The Monkeys, hey, Nat Kinkle. Still the best. Nigel Kennedy, Nora Jones, Paul Simon, can't get myself away. Queen, Rod Stewart, I think that was Julie's. <laughs> Scott Bradley's postmodern jukebox. Shania Twain, because man, I feel like a woman. Stormzy, oh yeah, eyes down with the kids, eyes down with the kids. I am so down with the kids, the next one is T Rex. Take that. Upper room, and then one various artists and Chris- Christmas classics. Did you notice the eclectic mix of music there? And that's not even on the CD shelf. It's even bonkers than that. And the thing is, if you were to come and read your list out, there'd be an even wider eclectic mix of... How on earth does that, that meet in one place? Because that's like... I want to, the styles of music there all meet in one place on my iPhone. And this person loves them all. Now imagine if all those bits of music, those styles of music, were people... And one God loves them all. Brings them all together. I want to explain that why that is a biblical truth. So are you ready for... Your friends are not here this week, are they? Because he spoke Greek. And I'm about to quote Greek. And that is really nervy. I once said, in the Greek it says this. And I said, does anybody speak Greek? I've told you this before. And this, this woman put her hand up and said, ah, ah, ah. And I got chatted to her afterwards and she got a doctorate in biblical Greek. <laughs> Intimidating does not come into it. Apparently I was correct. I felt so good when I walked out of the room. 
Matthew 28 says, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Okay? The Greek, all, go into all, the, the Greek word there is pass. All delineations, without exception, there's no corner that you miss out. You go anywhere and everywhere, pass, you go everywhere. The word translated as nations in the Greek is ethnos. And it means this, it's talking about race, tribe, type, people that share habits, people that share an identity, backgrounds, beliefs, but it's it's about people that are scattered. Scattered and different. Okay? So it's a little bit too easy to say go to all nations. It's, it's, It's go to all types of people. All people that experience all different things from all different kinds of walks of life. All the people that identify as this or identify as that, they go to them all. Without any separation, without... In, in 1 Peter chapter 2, it says this of God's people. You are a holy nation. I don't want to explore the contrast there, because the Greek there, holy, um, genos, chosen, gathered together, and set apart for God, for purpose. And the word translated as nation is this, eklektos. Eklektos. Guess what word we, re- we derive from that? Eclectic. And it's talking about a gathered, chosen, set apart for purpose. Races, nations, types, backgrounds. And he pulls them together and he says, you are a nation. Within that gathering of eclectic people, we find the deposit of the Holy Spirit. And so from division and difference, he brings unity. Because he is a creative God with a heart for who we are. I think that is so special that the church is meant to be eclectic. So when I look around this room, I don't think, why are we not all conforming exactly the same as each other? I think it's the most beautiful thing that we are so different. So many nationalities, so many tongues, so many social backgrounds, so many different experiences, so much different history backstory. But in God, we have a new backstory. Ephesians 1.14 says, And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own. By giving you the Holy Spirit, whom we promised long ago. The Spirit is God's deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession, to the praise of his people. I'm just going to begin winding this down in the next couple of minutes. But there are some key words I want to look at there. The word promise. It's connecting you to a new past he promises something to us let me read it again and when you believed in christ he identified you as his own by giving you the holy spirit whom he promised long ago he's given us a new history long ago he made a promise that you're now walking into when we become christ we have a new backstory what was your backstory before christ how broken was your life how good or different was your life but here's the truth long ago he promised you his holy spirit so that is your new backstory. My backstory now goes back way beyond my missing relative. It goes right back to the promise of God. This is how I place my Holy Spirit on me. And I belong to the promises of God. How good is our God? I have a new backstory. And he says there's a deposit. He deposits the Holy Spirit. So he connects you to him in the present. 
it's in there saying, until all of the, the promises are fulfilled, right now I place within you a deposit, the Holy Spirit. So he's given me a new backstory. He's given me a new present story. And then it says there is a guarantee. A deposit is a guarantee. So he connects me to a new future. I have a new potential story. This is, this is the goodness of God. This is the good news that we carry. This is why the Holy Spirit is important. Because out of that is the freshness, is the life, is the springing up of new, is the creativity. And as we walk in that promise of a new backstory, that deposit of a new present story, that guarantee of a new potential story, as we walk in that and we carry that, then that is creative and is life-giving and life-breathing and all things are possible in God. So it's a new day. The supernatural God can even overwrite your history. And set you free into a new day. And the band come back up if you would do, please. It might be this morning that you want your history overwritten. I, 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 when God overwrites your history, there isn't a computer expert that can dig it out and say, well, actually, it's still here, it still exists. You know, when... When your computer's overwritten something, you take it into a shop and they can have a go at recovering. They can have a go at recovering the backstory. Have a go at recovering the missing information. When Christ overwrites our history and gives us a new backstory, the old is gone, the new is come. You are a new creation. I still want to sing the song every time I say that. There's an old song from like 30 years ago. I want to sing every time I use the phrase. I can't read that scripture that I wanted to do the charismatic two-step and sing, I'm a new creation. Yeah, no more in condemnation. It's just a brilliant truth. That's how we live strong when we enter, those, enter into those promises, that deposit and that guarantee. That's how we live strong and step into the creative world that God has for us, the creative future. Our spiritual DNA is given us through Jesus. And Jesus is the great I am. He's the one that sees, he says to us, see, I am doing a new thing. See, I am creative and I've placed within you a creative heart that doesn't say it's not possible, we can't, this won't be. It's one that says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it, that isn't then just a prayer of wishful thinking, it's a proclamation of truth. So when we pray that phrase, it becomes a prophecy over our town. When we pray that phrase, it becomes a prophecy over our situations. So how does this work on a Monday morning? Without Christ, then our own perspective soon focus on hurt, disappointment, the battles, the hardships of life. That is what we picture most in our minds. With Christ, those tough things are not our focus. Instead, we look to what is beautiful around us. His kingdom begins to enter our everyday moments. Then in Christ, we find compassion and grace and love and hope. Then we can creatively share Christ with others and in faith put our life on full display for others to see. That is the creative Christian perspective. So that on Monday morning, your life can be fully on display to all the people that know you. Without shame, you can say, but there's a deposit of the Holy Spirit in me. There's a creativity placed in me. There's a God DNA within me now because he's doing a good work and he's building me because he's building his church and I am part of that people. I'm part of that eclectic nation, united. So this morning I want to challenge you. If you feel 
different. I want to I set you free from your thinking that makes you weird in some way, that it makes you th- feel you don't belong. I want to be able to say to you, well, one, I want to say to you, don't be weird. Difference all right, just don't be weird. I want to say to you, in Christ you can still belong. Christ still deposits his DNA, his, his, his Holy Spirit within you, who he is, who he's creating you to be, the journey that you're on. I want to say, you are no longer an outsider, but you are chosen, you are gathered. You are set apart, part of a holy nation, a holy, eclectic people. And that is so important, because unless we own that, we put our weakness on display. When we go into the world and share the good news of Jesus, we will display our brokenness. But what we also want to display is the love of Christ and the belonging and the acceptance. And so I encourage you this morning to own who you are in Christ and know that for all your eclectic differences, all your natural differences, there is a supernatural unity in Christ. So I'm going to pray. We're going to sing. I guess these guys have been sensitive and picked something appropriate. Please. Not I'm a new creation, no longer in condemnation. We're not going there. I want to encourage you. In your eclecticness this morning, Hope House Church, and if you're a visitor and you know the Lord this morning, then you are so welcome. If you're a visitor or been out a short time, you don't know who Jesus is yet, if you've never committed your life to him or you're not sure about this, I want to say you are so welcome. We would love to welcome you to that eclectic family. Here's the deal, though. Eclectic families are hard to live with. They all have a different perspective. They all have a different take. They all have a different shape. They fit together in different ways, different experiences. But we now have a common history in Christ. Bear with one another in love. Prefer one another in love. That's what Scripture says. So I'm, going to, I'm literally going to invite you, if you feel eclectic this morning, if your circumstance or situation, if your history, if who you are, if your identity, if your nationality... If your experience, if your social status makes you feel like you sometimes don't belong, I want to invite you to, 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 if you feel superior even, I want to invite you to just come and stand at the front, kind of prophetically to proclaim that there is unity and creativity in Christ within us, that there is a belonging in Christ. So I, I kind of want to challenge you to do that, to make a prophetic statement this morning, is that all right? To just come and stand at the front. To come and say, you know, what I am, what I bring, my history, my family, my nationality, my natural language, the part of town I live in, the type of work I do, the type of family I'm from, in Christ, this eclectic difference that I see all around me, in Christ, I find unity. This song, this song list that I have, is owned by one Saviour, is owned by one Lord, is loved by Jesus and in it I am set apart chosen and set free make that a declaration this morning because that will empower your Monday morning and we're going to pray for the Holy Spirit Lord we pray Holy Spirit that you would touch hearts you would unite us you would pull us together in this series Lord as we've sought to understand the values the character of Christ lived out in us that we would live strong that this eclectic group of people Lord that is the, the exact thing that you call together 
not a certain type, not a branch of your church, but an eclectic group of people that reflects your heart. Because you went, came to all the world because you loved it and you brought it together. And Lord, we want to pray now that we would represent all the world. That for a moment, prophetically, we would say over this congregation, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, that amongst this group of people, for all its eclectic representation, all its differences, Lord, would you bring us together for this moment of unity and allow us to say, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So as you're ready, as we sing, as we worship, and if you feel that's you, if you want to call to that, want to respond to that, to stand in unity, I encourage you to come and say, we want to live strong, united in God, in this place. Amen. When darkness tries to roll over my bones, please stand up, guys. When sorrow comes to steal the joy I own, when brokenness and pain is all I know, I won't be shaken, I won't be shaken, because my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Shame no longer has a place to Turning on. Oh, excellent. I'm so going to labour this this morning. I'm so going to horribly, I never labour these things. But here's the reality. Sometimes we can stay static and say, oh Lord, do something and not move. You know, sometimes we have to step into something. We have to proclaim something. So I'm going to say one last time. I want to encourage you to, to, to make a prophetic statement. This is not ministry time. Somebody's not going to come and lay hands on you and pray for you and make you feel awkward and make you confess things and do things. Or uh, We're just going to make a prophetic statement and stand here and say, Lord, this is what I am. This is who I am. And I'm proclaiming by standing here, I belong. I am yours. And that released the promise of God so much. And, it, you know, in that step, that prophetic step, that proclamation, I believe it can release the Holy Spirit into your situation. 
because his desire is to pour his Holy Spirit onto you. So I, I'm, I'm going to um, do this kind of thing where I'm going to say, that was a really good sermon. That was really good teaching. But we either go home saying, that was nice. The coffee was nice as well. But here's a moment where we can say, Lord, would you do something in my life? Would you do something in my life? So we're going to sing this again. And Lord, would you do something in our lives? Would you help us to make a prophetic statement that says, we're yours. I have a, I have a new past. I have a new present. And I have a promise of a new future. Let's sing that verse two again. Shame no longer has a place to hide. I'm not a captive's lies. I'm not afraid to leave my past behind. That's what Paul's talking about. I'm not afraid to leave my past behind and walk into the newness, that eclecticness that God's got for us. To say that that stuff that's happened to me before isn't going to dictate what happens in the future because I don't have to be like everybody else. We can be part of that big eclectic church. Shame no longer has a place to hide. I am not a captive to the lies. I'm not afraid to leave my past behind. I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. Cause my Stay. 
thank you, Lord, that we can trust your word when it says perfect love casts out fear, drives out fear, chases out fear, hurls out fear. Fear of, of everything, Lord, and fear of that, if they knew, then they wouldn't want me. Lord, we, we just hurl out that fear. That if they knew what I'd done, if they knew how far out, how eclectic I am, then they wouldn't. Lord, we, we just put the light to that. Because you know, and you say, come in. Because you know, and you chase us down. Because you knew how far out and how wide we'd strayed. And you still left the 99 and come and found us. And said, come back in, come back in. Come back into my eclectic family. Come back into this gathering of saints. To this gathering of forgiven saints. Lord, this, this morning we thank you. Thank you for reminding us again and again and again and again and again that whilst we are all different, we all carry that blood of Christ in our veins. We all carry you in our veins. Lord, this morning, tonight, this week, help us to live you out in our lives. Help us to put this, this teaching into action. Help us to put what we've heard this morning, put flesh on that and walk it out to our families, to our friends, to the people who work with us, and Lord, to ourselves. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Thank you, everyone who, who's served this morning, everyone who's done things this morning. If you're new here this morning, if you just want to know more, please go and talk to Mark, who's waving at me in the new Connections corner, my right, your left. We're going to have coffees and teas and biscuits and things now uh, as Paul said earlier we've got our live lounge at 6 it's the um, question time there are some fantastic um, fantastic people on the panel please ask them really difficult questions because I'm not one of them uh, 